Welcome to the Hospital Finance Podcast, your go-to source for information and insights that can help you stay ahead of the challenges impacting healthcare finance. And now, the host of the Hospital Finance Podcast, Kelly Wisness. Hi, this is Kelly Wisness. Welcome back to the award-winning Hospital Finance Podcast. We're pleased to welcome Derek Street. Derek is founder, CEO, and chairman of DexCare. Derek is an accomplished healthcare technology entrepreneur and executive who co-founded and or has been at the earliest stages of six venture-backed companies, including CSATs, acquired by Johnson & Johnson, Classmates, acquired by United Online, Medify, acquired by Alliance Health Networks, and EdReady, acquired by CPXI. Prior to joining Providence as an entrepreneur-in-residence to commercialize the DexCare platform, Derek served as Vice President of Digital Solutions at Johnson & Johnson, a role he assumed after CSATS was acquired by the world's largest healthcare company. Derek is also actively involved in national healthcare data transparency efforts for the improvement of patient care as a co-founder and board member of two leading data sharing organizations, PedsNet and the Improving Renal Outcomes Collaborative, or IROC. In this episode, we're discussing technology platforms becoming mission critical for U.S. health systems. Thank you for joining us today, Derek. Thanks for having me, Kelly. Well, great. Well, let's jump in today. So, um, Derek, please tell us a little bit more about yourself and your experience in healthcare. Sure. Uh, so, I'm a technology entrepreneur, as you had mentioned, and I had been building companies for uh, about two and a half decades now at this point, started my career in investment banking. And really, the, the, the most recent 12 years or so, it's been about building uh, health technology companies. Uh, the, the, the through line has been, they've always been uh, data-driven intelligence companies um, where we we access or liberate some uh, some set of data, point compute power at it, and then uh, derive insights from it that um, create value for some set of stakeholders. And Dexcare is uh, Dexcare is one of those companies as well that does that in the uh, what we call the access optimization space. Fantastic! Can you tell us more about Dexcare and its mission in the market? Sure, happy to, Kelly. Uh, so Dexcare is a company that. We spun out of Providence Health System, uh, one of the largest health systems here uh, in the U.S., about 51 hospitals based on the West Coast and $27, $28 billion in revenue. And the company uh, started out as a pro- uh, project inside of Providence uh, to uh, to unify in one particular interface, one central interface, uh, all the care options that uh, spoke to consumers. Um, so things that they may access uh, through some sort of digital tool, uh, virtual care, synchronous and asynchronous, online scheduling for in-clinic appointments, even home care. And uh, the, the, the primary objective of the system initially, and it still does this today as well as many other things, was to help Providence uh, attract and retain uh, more commercial patients into the health system uh, so that they could help fund essentially all the additional care that Providence provides as a large uh, Catholic nonprofit. And fast forward uh, a few years, uh, the system uh, worked really, really well within Providence, uh, very effective in, in helping Providence identify these additional patients that uh, that needed care, uh, get them into the system in very, very seamless ways uh, that, that, that kind of spoke to the uh, to the needs of the consumer and, and do it in ways that help them drive 20, 30% net new patients, high rates of commercial insured patients, a fair amount of uh, patients that then needed additional services, 
to the tune of about nine times that initial transaction value need, needed that in, in in kind of additional network utilization um, uh, down the road uh, within the first 90 days actually or so and do it all with very high satisfaction levels. And so uh, that worked really well inside of Providence, as I mentioned earlier, because I I'd like to build companies. Uh, when I had come in as an entrepreneur residence, the, the goal was to see if we could do this with other health systems as well. And long story short, we were able to determine that we could. And so we spun the company out in uh, 2021, kind of the, the the spring of 2021, um, did, a, did a Series A financing with that. And it continued to this day. Now we're a couple of years into it as an independent company to serve health systems all around the country, ranging from kind of the largest of the, of the large, you know, Kaiser Permanente, uh, all the way, you know, to kind of leading um, academic brands in the country, um, like a mass, a mass general or a, or a University of Rochester, and then mid-sized regionals in between, like a CHN or a THR in the Texas market, you know, freighted on the academic side, again, several health systems around the country. And, and in addition to helping those health systems find and attract uh, more patients to uh, help them grow. Uh, they also the, the system also adds to those capabilities, the ability to intelligently navigate patients to the safest and best care options for them, and then also to uh, expand or, or extend the capacity of the health system's existing resources, so that those resources can be automatically allocated when and where they can be most productively employed. And in this day and age when health systems are facing significant workforce shortages uh, is a problem that was there honestly prior to the pandemic and it's just exasperated by it. But this is this has been a train to come in, um, not enough providers to see patients out there. Uh, it's really important that health systems not only handle the demand side of their business, but also orchestrate that with the supply side uh, and make sure that those resources are matched appropriately to consumers and patients in a way that, that you know, finds the spaces in between uh, so that more patients can be seen in a, and also in a way that doesn't burn out providers. And so DexCare in, in, in some is really this orchestration platform that, that orchestrates the demand, the consumer or patient side of healthcare with the supply or the provider health system side across all service lines and really for the benefit of optimizing access for all stakeholders. So when we look at our, our vision to ensure that everyone everywhere has exceptional access to the best expertise to prevent, treat, and cure illness, we really mean everyone. So it's patients and consumers, it's providers, it's health systems, and you've really got to balance the needs of all of those uh, stakeholders uh, in order to have an, a, a healthcare access system that actually works, that is available for patients, that doesn't burn out providers, and that's financially sustainable for the health system as well. And that's and that's what we do for leading health systems around the country. Quite impressive. Well, so let's talk about the current financial landscape that health systems and hospitals are trying to survive in today. Uh, first, what are the most pressing challenges or problems that these organizations face? And then Second, what should their priorities be to alleviate these pressures? Yeah, so, um, you know, given that this is a financial podcast, I'll, I'll kind of focus there. Health systems face all sorts of challenges, so we'll, we'll, we'll aim there. Yeah, I think it's no secret probably to the listeners here that it's a particularly challenging time for health systems. Uh, they've always been challenging businesses um, because they're, by their very nature, they're they're human intensive and 
and people cost money, particularly when, as we just talked about earlier, you often you don't have enough of those people. Uh, you have a limited supply of those people relative to demand for care, which is which is continuing to increase. Uh, so they've already been, they are, they've always been kind of low margin businesses. The pandemic has obviously exasperated those issues as kind of the higher value services had to take a back seat to uh, to kind of lower reimburse uh, to, to care with lower reimbursements for you know, COVID patients and, and, and things like that. And um, and health systems are trying to recover from that right now, but it's been a rough a rough couple of years. Uh, this year will be a rough year as well. And and so, you know, they've got to be able to sustain their operations through this time period. Uh, some won't make it because it is a challenging environment, but be able to sustain their operations in a, you know, where, where growth is more challenging, costs are higher, and and then the other thing that's happening is uh, there's no shortage of uh, additional entrants or disruptors into the space uh, of delivering care, whether it's uh, the kind of large retailers uh, that we all know uh, out there that are that are continually adding more and more care services to their offerings, um, or some of the you know some of the technology. I wouldn't really call them startups at this point. You know, large technology companies that are also getting into the into the care space. And so, what health systems need to do, and 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 we're 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 acutely focused on this, um, is they need to be able to grow and grow sustainably, and uh, that's where the the value proposition that DexCare offers uh, really comes into play. I like to say that you know DexCare is really made for this moment uh, from a health system perspective because we can help them grow, we can help find those additional patients that. Uh, have good margin associated with them to help care for the larger population and health systems. You know, health systems don't have the luxury that some large tech disruptor has of choosing to serve this patient or that. Health systems are here to serve everybody. And so it's important that um, you are able to um, work with enough patients that allow you to, you know, to allow you to, um, you know, that find the margin to to sustain the mission. So growth is really important. And, and that side of the platform really helps them with that. And then really kind of making sure that, again, those patients are connected with the right provider, service line, modality, setting, or intersection of those things in a way that helps uh, find that underutilized capacity. And there's always underutilized capacity um, we find within health systems. They just don't have often enough visibility on the data that help can, that, that, and the systems that can help um, identify and then utilize that other capacity. And so we help them with that, um, with the second part of our platform that we call capacity optimization or load balancing to to do that matching and, and, that, and that orchestration in, in a way that helps them grow, but do it in a way that sustains their operations as well. Uh, because when you think about it, even just sort of logically, you know, we all get lots of care. Uh, we're humans. We get older. We all get lots of care. Uh, increases as time goes on, and there's a wide variety of care, right? And some of some of that care can be taken care of by uh, by nurses instead of uh, medical you know, instead of doctors. Some of that care can be handled virtually instead of in person, brick and mortar. Some of that care uh, can be handled uh, in a way where some of the decisioning that's that's brought to the table for that professional to use is 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 taken care of by the technology so it can, kind of pre-analysis if you will how that care is matched up in each of those settings to again or each of those situations to again the right provider and setting and service line etc matters a lot uh, to how cost effectively that care can be delivered by the health system and so you gotta you gotta match the growth side 
with the kind of capacity optimization side of the equation as well to grow sustainably. And that's what we help we help health systems do. That makes a lot of sense. And so how does technology like DexCare's platform enable hospitals to solve these financial challenges, such as reducing avoidable costs, attracting more new patients, or operating at peak efficiency? I'll double click on kind of the things I was mentioning earlier to give some con- concrete examples. Uh, so I'll give a couple of them. So so we work with one of our partners is, is Kaiser. Uh, we work with Kaiser on a national basis and and help them help them effectively uh, load balance patients across the entire country, all regions, um, and even all fifty states. You know, as large as Kaiser is, before we were working with them, they weren't they weren't providing care in all fifty states in the country. And so we've enabled them to, um, you know, as they've gotten you know folks credentialed in in all states, we've enabled them to actually now load balance again this patient capacity and demand across the entire country. And what we found are, you know, dramatic improvements in in the, the amount of time, the length of time it takes providers to see patients uh, to the point where we're able to uh, increase capacity 40, 50 percent through that through that reduction in visit duration. And we see that with our other health system partners as well. And that's because, uh, again, as I was mentioning earlier, there are just certain provider settings, service lines, modalities that are that are better, better um, experienced or better equipped to see certain patients that come in with, you know, with certain ailments uh, versus others. So in a virtual setting, right, um, uh, we can help health systems like Kaiser identify those providers and in, uh, in other settings, but but particularly providers that um, when historically see, you know, patients like this uh, are able to do it very cost effectively in, you know, the most efficient use, use of time so that then patients that they're not most experienced in seeing can be seen by others, right? Uh, or as I mentioned, could you know, could be seen by other, you know, different levels of license as well. And so that ends up, you know, that, that ends up kind of moving around, you know, mo- moving patients around and, and matching them up to uh, providers in a way that, um, in a way that kind of fills those spaces in between. And by lowering the uh, that average visit duration, allows them to see more patients in the end. The other example, I'll, and, it's, and so as we're speaking here right now, Kelly, there are patients and providers being matched uh, around all 50 states, the kinds of patients and providers being matched around all 50 states in this uh, most efficient kind of load balanced way. The other example I'll give quickly is one uh, health system we work with in the Wisconsin market that we work with them in multiple service lines, one of which is orthopedics. And uh, prior to DexCare, they, uh, they had you know, back pain, were finding their way through phone trees and things like that into an, an orthopedic surgeon. And, you know, most people that have back pain don't need to see an orthopedic surgeon as that first as, as that first stop. Uh, so it, it resulted in just a bad experience for everybody. A patient was upset because they had to, you know, do another visit now to the more appropriate person. The orthopod was upset because their time was wasted with somebody they couldn't really help. And they had a nursing staff that was really underutilized. And so, uh, put DexCare in place, uh, made made it so that um, same day kind of ortho uh, orthopedic service uh, for 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 kind of getting kind of these sort of preliminary workup for care was made discoverable uh, even online. People searching on Google, so uh, they took a risk there, kind of opening the doors to make sure that people could find care very easily for their back pain, and then used uh, DexCare's decisioning engine to help understand that patient's intent and motivation and and what was going on with providers and those service lines to then uh, come up with, you know, kind of best match. And then that information was then provided to uh, nursing staff that was then, that is then activated 
use that information to do kind of last mile routing of that patient. So you've got a human in the loop there. And, uh, and in the end, and this is what happens today, uh, now, you know, 80% of the patients that come that, that find, so now more patients are discovering uh, orthopedic care quick or, you know, fast and orthopedic care. It's called ortho now from Freighter Medical Center, finding that care uh, in more, more easy ways online um, and, and, you know, additional kind of front doors, if you will, uh, more getting in the front door. They're being intelligently matched. And then, and then that data is shared with now nurse practitioners who are less costly than medical, uh, than, than, than MDs, uh, and who, who now their time is being utilized where it wasn't before. So, so they're able to, um, do the job that they were, that they were hired for and, and get the satisfaction from doing that. And 80% of those patients now go to physical therapists, uh, much less expensive and a uh, better experience than going to an orthopod that can't help you. 20 go to the orthopod. Uh, the orthopod now is seeing people that they can actually help. So, and the lower and, and the overall kind of visit uh, cost, marginal visit cost has gone down for that health system because now they're operating at top of license. So they get more patients, they lower the cost of seeing those patients, they can see more of those patients now. Everybody wins in that scenario. And it's um, it's the key, back to your earlier question, it's the key to driving the financial performance you need to in a health system as well because you've got to, again, you've got to be able to grow and do it sustainably at the same time. And that's what we help them do. Very true. Um, so do you have any final words of wisdom or advice that you can you know, leave our listeners with? You know, uh, I, I guess what I would say, I mean, it's a pretty open-ended question, but I think that it's easy in this time, I think for, for folks to look at health systems and say, you know, health systems are kind of the way, way it's been, you know, way, way care has been delivered before. We see the big hospitals, it's kind of the old way of doing things, right? And so you've got all these disruptors that I mentioned before and other access points to get care now, whether it's, you know, virtual care or digital care online or, or kind of analog you know, clinics and retailers and things like that. And I think it's healthy, by the way. I think it's good. It's great that there are more access points for, for consumers and patients now than there ever been. And that's a, and that's a good thing. I would just say, let's not count the health systems out as well, because I think as a society, it's really important that we preserve and then improve the efficiency of, of the the healthcare infrastructure, the care delivery infrastructure that's put put in place, uh, particularly in this country. You know, we uh, we all consume a lot of care in this country, uh, maybe too much. I think it could be more efficient than it is right now, but. It's a fact. We we get older and more things happen, um, and so and so we're all, if not already, going to be consuming more care. And at the end of the day, you know there are there are brands that we trust, uh, brands known in our local communities. Health, health systems are often the largest employers in their local communities. And at the end of the day, kind of that's where that's where the real care is delivered, particularly for the big stuff which, you know, all, all hits us, you know, at some point as we get older. So it's important that the um, health system is part of the mix. They need to be able to play the game that these disruptors are playing as well. And, and they need to grow and grow sustainably. They need the kinds of tools that we talked about here today. And, and Dexcare is not a silver bullet. There are many of them out there. Uh, they need to be able to leverage them so that they can uh, they can provide consumers and, pay, and 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 providers the kinds of experiences that they deserve to to raise the level of care delivery overall, and they're and they're part of the mix. It's important that they're part of the mix because I don't think any of us want to 
you know, live in a world where uh, we can't get particularly the the the, the, the higher end care. Uh, we can't we can't we can't work with that health system that you know our families have worked with you know over the years and that we know well in our local communities because at the end of the day healthcare even in a digital digital world is still pretty pretty local and we've got to we've got to preserve and protect that. That makes a lot of sense. Thank you for those tips too. Where can our listeners keep up with you and the work that Dexcare is doing? Yeah, so uh, we've got a, a couple of places, right? So we have a uh, we have a LinkedIn presence. We have our, our website at dexcare.com or dexcarehealth.com as well. Those are those are probably the two best places to find us. We're also we're in the media quite a bit as well, and um, and uh, we'd love for people to uh, follow us on our LinkedIn profile or or follow us on our news feeds as well. Sounds great. Thank you so much for joining us today, Derek, and for these great insights. Yeah, and thank you for having me, Kelly. And thank you all for joining us for this episode of the Hospital Finance Podcast. Until next time. This concludes our episode of the Hospital Finance Podcast. For show notes and additional resources to help protect and optimize revenue at your hospital, visit Bessler.com forward slash podcasts. The Hospital Finance Podcast is a production of Bessler. Smart about revenue, tenacious about results.